is up, wrestling fans, your host with the most, George McKay, in the building, here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's going on, wrestling fans? What's going on is simply this, episode 59, simply called The House, that AJ Styles built. Yes. <laughs> I, I wanted to throw that in there, but I wasn't sure if we were going to be okay with that. Yes. Totally had to nail that one. It was the house that AJ Styles built. I have the shirt to prove it because I have fallen in love with, uh, well, I love that shirt, but. Oh, and this episode, uh, bro, this is definitely going to shed some light on how AJ Styles is the man. That is the house that AJ Styles built. And definitely WWE is definitely the house that AJ Styles built at yep. this point in time. Absolutely. So today's episode, Steve has put together all the research. So kudos to you in advance for that. Um, this episode is pretty much going to be breaking down the top guys in WWE, also in, sorry, top men and women in WWE, top men and women in NXT, and then other brands throughout various companies. So we're going to break down who are the guys. The guys that the house, being the promoters, pay the absolute most for to get out of them, plus the guys who bring in the most revenue-wise from ticket sales because they're in the building that night, or from merch sales because their merch is in the building that night. But before we get into that briefly, we just want to shout out a couple of things. One being our two most recent episodes, our awesome one-on-one interview with George the Iceman, the head of Destiny Wrestling, that is still available on all our platforms. And last week's episode, which is our career superstar profile of Mr. Mick Foley, which is also available on all our platforms. Don't forget, you can get all the way up to episode 20 on all of our platforms. But in the new year, we're going to be dropping another 20 off the table because we got to make room for more. Right. So in January 1st, you will no longer be able to get episode 20 to episode 40, and then you'll be able to continue to get episode 40 on in January 1st. So I just want to bring that out. And for all those out there who don't listen to us on Spreaker, maybe listen to us on Apple, listen to us on Google, Stitcher, what have you, we have some shout-outs that we want to play for everybody. Shout-outs of some pretty big names that we got in this business, one being Mick Foley. And the other being George the Iceman from Destiny. So check these out, guys. Hello, this is the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. And although I've never listened to Straight Dog Wrestling, I think you should. Have a nice day. Hey, this is George the Iceman, president of Destiny World Wrestling. And you're listening to Straight Talk Wrestling. Yeah, it still gives me chills when I hear Mick Foley saying our, our podcast name. That's right. It just gives me super chills. We actually have the opportunity, as we mentioned before, to meet the man in Fergus about a month and a bit ago. And he was just an absolute delight. And it was an absolute awesome setting. So don't forget to check out the career profile and obviously George from Destiny Wrestling. Those two episodes, check those out and then go back even further and enjoy the rest. But without further ado, I will turn hosting duties over for tonight to the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Animal Mitchell. Thank you very much, sir. I'll throw in my tidbits here and there, but uh, it's your show. Yeah, thanks for that incredible intro, my brother. I'm going <laughs> to sleep now. I'm just going to lay back and just relax for the night. Right. This is, you know what? This is just this was a really fun episode. Just wanted to put this thing together to uh, shed some light on uh, just what the house actually really is, what uh, what branding really is, and how relative that is to uh, building a top male or female, depending on whatever uh, wh whatever company you're really with. And in, in terms of NWA, you got Cody Rhodes, and WWE, you got AJ Styles, you got Roman Reigns, and then for the girls, you got Alexa Bliss. And you and and now you have Ronda Rousey, which was once uh, Charlotte Flair, and uh, we, we, you get into these names and you keep seeing them so reoccurringly. And what I notice is so many, so more often than not, it's usually um, a huge back and forth of people getting upset at a certain point of just seeing that face too much and seeing it too many times and seeing the same main event over and over and over again. But the question then lies, why? Are they there so much? And that was my question that I kept asking myself over the years. And I kept wondering, well, okay, so what is it about these people that are obviously so special? Okay, obviously, first of all, their branding is impeccable. 
Number two, uh, their, their look is absolutely impeccable. Number three, their promos are absolutely impeccable. Their wrestling is absolutely impeccable. There's, they have the full package, but the, the real package starts with the branding and how you make that happen. And then comes the t-shirts, and then comes the coffee mugs, and then comes the socks, and all that stuff. But it first has to come with a shirt. And that's where NXT and development starts to come into play, and it started really playing around on, uh, on a certain websites. And um, it really started to make things abundantly clear of just how this all really truly comes together. Starting with, uh, I really want to start right off the hop with NXT and just go right into Undisputed Era because that's really the first, you point the finger right away of, okay, so first of all, why aren't these guys main roster yet? Oh, probably because their shirts are selling like hotcakes and probably because their TV time is like hotcakes. And every single time they go out there, they sell themselves so well that it would just get lost in the shuffle if it went to the main roster. So why would we want to change that when we would just keep it exactly the way that it is? Well, and, and you, sorry to cut you off, there, but you, you also know that from experimenting with guys coming up from NXT to the main roster, a lot of them, most of them, have gotten lost in the shuffle. Absolutely. Samoa Joe, big time, hot in NXT. The biggest, biggest culprit, Bobby Roode. Right now, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor. I mean, the list yeah. goes on and on from the guys that transitioned from NXT to the main roster and then uh, fall flat. Not their fault, simply because they're not getting utilized correctly. And that falls as much on the writing team, as much on the producers, and as much on Vince McMahon as possible. Whereas, I think Triple H has already shown that he knows better how to move his chess pieces sometimes yes. than Vince does. And that really is only, in my opinion, a difference of age. Vince has lost a step or two. And I don't care who you are, how big of a fan you are of WWE. Vince has lost a step or two within the last, I want to say, six or seven years. Whereas NXT has risen in that time. Why? Two words. Triple H. Simple. Very simple. Right? Now well, all Vince cares about is doing dance breaks on uh, on SmackDown oh, 1000. I, I didn't want to get into that. SmackDown 1000 was great, but that... I, I, when I watched that, I was like, wow. It was I, great I and I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's yeah, well, He was also offbeat, and I don't know what he was doing, but that wasn't dancing. I'm not a dancer. All I know is that they just got those two together, and now all of a sudden, dance break is like the biggest thing. Like, I saw them do it once on the Mix Max Challenge, and it was like, oh my goodness, this thing is now taken into a whole new level of everybody loves this. But that's <laughs> the premise of literally throwing stuff up against the wall and seeing what sticks. Hey, exactly. let's put Carmella and our truth together, and let's just run with it and see what happens. Huge reaction. And now they're opening SmackDown 1000. Like, who would have... Literally, I was sitting there watching that, going, who in their right mind would have thought a week ago... That, oh, I do wonder who's going to open SmackDown 1000. I was not thinking that R-Truth was going to be the, the guy to do it. With Carmella, no less. But well, and, that, and that ties into what we're talking about today, right? Brand. Yeah. Come up with a good idea, something hot. And I guarantee you, within a week, those two are going to have a shirt that says Dance Break. It's and stuck, it'll, man. It'll be, it'll be the highest-selling t-shirt over the next couple of weeks. Positive. Every, and it's, it's nothing fancy. Literally put graffitied writing, Dance Break on a black t-shirt, or do it up on a white t-shirt for the ladies... And you got yourself a gold mine. Exactly. And the fact that Carmella's writing and our truths writing are pretty much relative of graffiti. How, the, how you look graffiti, at the, the same the same style as money on her shirt and the way that our truth he has he has his graffiti writing, it's literally relative to the same. Well, so there you go. Branding, right? It's all about yeah. it's all about branding, but a lucky turn this time around, because dance break could have gone way south very quickly. Right. <laughs> that's one of those one off Chris Jericho. That's the list. 
basically. No, the, uh, list, the list has staying power, in my opinion. The list is... He could come back ten years from now and just say you, you're on the list, and I would be like, yes. Yes, right? I want to be on the list. Or, like, stupid idiot of, like, something that was, like, dude, that's the stuff that, like, kids in kindergarten say to each other, and then all of a sudden, that like, he, all of a sudden, Chris Jericho says it and picks right up. Because uh-huh. his brand, and once again, it just goes right back to that. It always inevitably will go back to that in this conversation, will be the fact that Chris Jericho is the king of branding. He's the king of marketing. He's the king of going out there and knowing what's what's hot and what's not and trying stuff and oh wow they love this so you know what I'm gonna just keep doing this every single week and they're gonna keep loving this and that's what I'm noticing going on with a few of these guys in NXT particularly with Velveteen Dream how he just literally oh my goodness he just came right on the scene so hot and then all of a sudden started doing um, the, the the branding power of the way he was doing things with manipulating um, with, uh, with with manipulating Macho Man Randy Savage's moves to uh to um rick rude with rick, rick, yes i was thinking i was like ricky steamboat no it's rick rude um of going into those kinds of profilings of looking at other wrestlers and thinking okay i'm gonna make that my character and starting to take all these emulations of things even the model rick martell of just being this really arrogant like he may as well just be carrying a big can of arrogance when he's walking out to the ring every night because it's just like he's just such a egotistical arrogant human being but just the fact that people absolutely what was supposed to be a heel character is the fact that everybody loves it so they started running with it and it's this branding power that they started just putting behind him and even though it's a couple of shirts he's got going for him he's still one of the top sellers going on in nxt and why he's getting so much tv time well and his and his matches his matches i mean his matches speak for themselves yes You, you can have the whole package but really at the end of the day you have to be able to tell a story in that ring without your mouth and if you can't then you're not going to get the TV time. Even if you cut the most epic promos ever, if you get in the ring and you look like you have two left feet and you can't, you have no agility, you have no strength, you have no ability to tell a story while no one is speaking, then what's the point? And you just sealed the other part of that package. And right. how you, how in NXT, if you really want to go far, it's not like in WWE, it's not like being on main roster, where it's like, yeah, you can go in and kind of tell a story, but it's way more promo-based as opposed to not wrestling as not going in and really much to yeah you can go in there's these stories that like to get told by aj styles and Samoa Joe and then you know those kinds of stories that those guys like to tell but for the most part it's all done on promo and so for them that's the biggest part of the package is making sure that you have all of that done branding wise but then you have a, an amazing story to tell in the ring um, and the same thing goes for Alistair Black, which is the last NXT guy that really comes to mind when it comes to... Well, per, per so are team. these numbers in, like, efficient order? Undisputed is one, Velveteen two, and Alistair is three. These are the top three sellers? Yes. And in, and those are the numbers. Uh, Undisputed is one. They're king of the hill when it comes to sales. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Can you, because, uh, because, can you break down percentages for me? Like, what are we talking? No, there's no numbers that are disclosed because of the fact that there's no way that the, the WWE or any company would ever disclose the actual factual numbers of exactly what's going on unless you were are privy to that paperwork and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So the wrestlers and everyone on the inside knows numbers. But for us, we just know that these guys, based on research that you found, these guys are one, two, and three. But we have no idea what the sales numbers are. We have no idea what they're doing. Exactly. And this is... This is a mixed bag of, of in-house sales plus online sales, correct? Yes, and ticket sales when it comes to the actual main events of how they're they're the focal point. Of right. When you look at the when you like if you think about the takeovers and you think about the main events that take place, um, that's where the house really comes into play. Is the fact that 
you look at the main events of what goes on, what are the focal points of what's going on those on those nights? It's always Velveteen Dream on any given pay-per-view. Recently, yes, Undisputed on any given pay-per-view, and um, Aleister Black on any yeah. given pay-per-view. Even though he's MIA right now because of the who attacked Aleister storyline. And even that is the fact that that's the most intriguing for a lot of people. I'm pretty sure. I don't know the statistical, any any merit on any of that. for. Well, what, I'm going to break hey, babe. It was me. It was me. <laughs> it was, I, I hit him right over the head. I knew it was you. I went. I, I was flew, just talking to a buddy. I flew all the way to Orlando. I caught a red eye to Orlando, and I just, I hit him. And then I literally redlined back before my wife even knew I was gone. I can't believe we're going through all of it every week for just to, to hear it just on our podcast, ladies. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Exclusive. The host, the host knocked him on his ass. <laughs> yeah, man, but that's that's really what it comes down to is, is is really when you look at the actual focal point of what is the main event, and particularly when you get on main roster, which is where we're going right now. Of uh, we're we're gonna go with the top with the top women right now. But uh, when you look at the actual main events of who are the focal points of those pay-per-views, then yeah, you're looking at those names right there. Let me let me play let me play a game with you right now. Let me do it because you know the numbers. I don't know the numbers. I'm gonna throw out who I think is one, two, and three, and you let me know if I'm wrong. Sure. Okay. And, and this is main roster women only, right? We're not doing NXT women right now. Main roster. Okay. Actually, there are no women. That's the best part. That was something that I didn't actually I make mention of. My, my apologies. There are no uh, top-selling women in NXT because really? of the fact that that's why the Mae Young Classic is so imperative right now because they actually do need women. There's Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross doesn't even have a shirt. Like, it's literally to the point where um, Nikki Cross, she's being utilized, but it's, I believe it's in a very developmental stage where it's like, okay, we're seeing her crazy character really take this crazy turn of she knows who, who did the so thing. That like, like, even back in the day, like Bailey, Sasha, Becky, none of them had shirts till they got to the main roster? On the, of current of, of, of the current wow. right now oh. um, there are no women that have of, of that well when you're talking like then yes that would be Bailey who is the revolutionary of I'm the hugger shirt and that was her brand of the fact that we're gonna take this hugger thing and we're gonna run with it and that's where all the kids started buying all that stuff then yeah you get in Sasha banks and you get all the boss, boss stuff Charlotte, and everything do it with flair yep and then Becky Lynch before she was a steam bunk it was just Becky Lynch yeah I believe the shirt said. And then they really developed their brands, and I think that was the point of why it kind of left them for the main roster, was just the, the seeing the development of from where they went from NXT to now seeing them on the main roster and seeing the development of their brands and just how much are they stale, as what we've seen with going on with Sasha Banks and what we've seen going on with Bailey, or are we seeing people like Charlotte, or are we seeing women like Charlotte Flair, who is continuing to grow her brand with a brand new shirt, and continuing, and like Becky Lynch, who's continuing to grow her brand with a brand new shirt. Now she's gotten to a point. Now she's champion. So now she's become, uh, the, you know, a couple of new shirts and a couple of new things here and there for for people to purchase. All right. So I'll, let me play this game with you now. Okay. I'm going to name three women uh, on cross. Uh, no, no brand affiliation. I'm just going to name three women. Sure. Let me know if I'm right. I'm going to throw out Rousey as one. Absolutely. I'm going to throw out Alexa Bliss as two. Absolutely. And I'm going to throw out. You know this is a top. This is a tough one for me because there's three women that pop to mind. But oh man, okay, I'm gonna throw out the iconics because they're hot right now. Nope, they actually only got uh, since they only got the one shirt. It's just With the silhouettes, a work, of yeah, them, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a work in progress, but they definitely do have their brand behind them because of the fact that they've solidified it with the two eyes when they have the eyes with their their faces in the middle of it and then conic at the end of it. So okay, let me let me throw one more. Oh God. Okay, I'm gonna roll the dice here. Oh, I'm putting a gun to my head. Becky Lynch. 
Almost. Oh, which are my top five at least? Almost. It's it's her opponent. <laughs> oh, so Char- Charlotte's three? Charlotte's three. Really? Uh, Char- it's it's kind of a mixed bag between Charlotte and, and Becky. And, and that's why they're, being, that's why they're being in gone. the spotlight right now. With the boob job thing or her boob bust or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And she was off TV for like uh, two months. Yep. Still. Still selling. Selling super hot and then came back with her new shirt. And now Becky with her new shirt. Um, and taught and, and with not necessarily even rebranding in any way, she didn't have any music change. She didn't end up going from the heel character. I thought there was going to be a little bit of a rebrand going on there, but it turned out to be pretty much the, the same of keeping still that steampunk thing and, and last kicker and, and all that stuff. So, but now she's proven it. Yeah. Like you, now can't, she's you, proven. Can't, you can't call yourself the last kicker when you've never beaten your, uh, your rival, right? And she's finally handed her rival her ass on like two separate occasions. Yeah, and that was a great thing. I think th- I thought that was the highlight of me for for SmackDown 1000 was those two. Yeah, I love Charlotte just coming in the ring and being like, you know what, the time for talking is done. Absolutely, I'm going to semi spear you, bonk it, and then I'm going to hit you in the face like yeah. hard. And you can actually, if you go back and you watch that scene, that first punch she lands, that was all face. Seriously, there was no slap on the leg. There was no hit in the arm. She clocked her right in the fucking cheek because, excuse me, I dropped the F-bomb, my apologies. When Becky got up, man, you saw that welt. You saw it. So there was there was a little bit of uh, animosity that night, and I think that I think it boiled over. But man, oh man, that was that was the highlight of the night for me was those two. Anytime those two get in the ring, whether it be on the mic or fighting, it, 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 to me it's what Sasha and Bailey were in NXT. Yeah. And that's what sucks so much because they've lost it. And they've lost it because of the brand that they're on. I truly believe being on the SmackDown brand, you get to flourish more because Vince doesn't really pay that much attention to SmackDown. Let's be honest. I don't think he's behind the camera in the green room watching everything on SmackDown. I truly believe he's only ever focused on Raw and the pay-per-views. It's almost like he forgets he has this other brand with this hot plate of talent. And it's so annoying to me. And that's what I kind of, and, and, and on the flip coin is what I kind of enjoy about it is the fact that I have that Vince McMahon desaturation out of it. That it's just kind of, I think that's the, why it's become the, the show. Run. Otherwise, because now it's not, it doesn't have the Vince McMahon touch all over yeah. it. Yeah. Otherwise, why would they have allowed Batista to go out there and talk like that last night? Why in the world? Because would they... it's organic. It's exactly. Or, well, I think Vince was in the building last night, but, but I mean, you get, you get to bring a legend back like Batista and he is a legend, Hall of Fame bound for sure. You bring a legend back like Batista, you're not going to restrict him. Yeah. He's used to being freewheeling from the aggression era. You're not going to just, okay, listen, uh, Dave, um, I know you're a big star. I know you make a lot of movies. Um, but uh, we need you to uh, to be PG. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who, who are you? And personally has said and addressed in many interviews, there's no way I'm coming back. And the only thing I'm coming back for is for Triple H. That's the only reason I have to go back and do anything. Is, uh, he could come so, back for Triple H all he wants, but we all know who's going to win that match. <laughs> I already know it. I know, his, I know his win-loss record is not great, but he will beat Batista. Either I put my stamp on it. Mania 35, Batista, Triple H, count me in. Seriously. After hearing that reaction last night, after taking to the internet today and seeing all of the comments, Triple H and, Bre- and Batista, WrestleMania 35, they literally, WWE literally posted the question of what did you think of Batista last night just to actually throw that out there of can we, should we make this happen or should we not? And you know, that kind of thing. Well, and it, 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 it just proves that it has to happen. Yep. Prove if that it, it has to happen. If it doesn't happen now, like I was, I was kind of hoping for a, a little DX reunion come WrestleMania 35, like get them all back in and maybe have them go out to shield or something like that. But I like where they're going with this brotherhood of destruction. 
the letting Undertaker get his last hurrah literally with every shtick he ever had. Yeah. And then now I, I think we're starting to see the wind down of, of Taker. They're eventually removing him from the fray. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I love it. I love seeing Evolution implode again. Because that was the best part about WrestleMania, I think it was 20 or 21, when Batista and, and Triple H fought, and he, he just, he rocked them. Yeah, yeah. He, he rocked them. I remember that whole contract signing. You're in the ring with the two clipboards, and Batista's holding up the raw one. He's like, yeah. And then he drops the thumb. And he's yep. Like, no, no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pound your face into the ground. Right, and that was one of the most anticipated WrestleMania matches at that point of all time. I know, and I, I was voting. We all know which way I was voting. Didn't happen for me that night, but that's because Triple H is just good at putting the guy over. And, the th and that's the best part is I look at both of their brands of Triple H, and I look at uh, Batista's brand and how he had the opportunity. He, he went away from that whole Daniel Bryan, that Batista, that whole era of everything or that whole well, little blip I should say not an era it was a little blip of just Daniel Bryan getting getting the spotlight and he didn't went away yeah, built his brand more yeah, within the back, movies and then came, and back. came back now to get the reaction of, of which he actually really did deserve at that point but I think if they had brought him back at that point and not thrown him thrust him down our throats in the title picture and had him come back for like a grudge match type of feel like we're getting now I think the reaction would have been different you wouldn't have got Bautista back then but you can't, when Daniel Bryant was the hottest thing there was, you have the guy have a shot at Rumble, and then you take it away from him, and you give it to Batista. What did you expect? Did you expect that the fans would be like, yay, Batista? No, at that point in time, Daniel Bryant was legitimately everything about WWE. Mm -hmm. You couldn't, you if you were talking WWE and you weren't talking Bryant back then, get out of here. There was no point hearing your words. But now... You bring Batista in, you do it right, you put him in the grudge match situation, and who better to put him in with? Yeah. Than that literally the leader of evolution. And that's and and, and looking back on it, I almost kinda of tend to believe and not really can in a in a conspiracy theory way, just kind of in a branding way of which I actually really do look at what they did with Daniel Bryan at the time. I believe he was actually legitimately meant to be thrown out of the Royal Rumble. I don't think that was a thing that was that was put on a put on a pedestal of Batista was meant to be there because it's angering the fans because the because they knew they wanted Daniel Bryan to be in the main event. They were putting Daniel Bryan in the main event the whole time. Just the long but way they around. Were, they were building him mm. in the event. They're smart. They know what they're doing. They know how they they know how to how to market fights. They know how to promote fights. Vince is the best fight promoter on planet Earth beyond Dana White. And as far as I'm concerned, that was the whole point, was literally to build the Yes Movement in making people that angry by making Batista win so it instilled that emotion within people that, what are you doing to us? Why are you allowing them? Why are you allowing him to be in the main event when we wanted him? And then it instills this huge emotion and then you have this thing on raw where everyone goes in the ring and you've never seen it before and you've never seen it since of a ring being infiltrated by fans who are begging you to make him in the main to put him in the main event well fans that paid a lot of money to have that spot though exactly and all, but people also, forget that he did those fans were just hand-picked they paid for they that spot they paid for that spot but that was the point was to show that as the, the like we're taking over the whole arena in that inevitability of we're going to take over this arena so you put Daniel Bryan in that main event. Like, we're telling you, you have to put him in the main event. And then, of course, there's your story. And now you have WrestleMania 34. That is the, one of the or WrestleMania 30. That's one of the greatest stories ever told because of Daniel Bryan's branding power and how he built himself as the Yes Movement.
All he had to do was just start that little word. You're right, but sometimes I just want A to B. Right? I don't want A, C, F, G, Q, <laughs> W, and then back to X. Neither just, do I. Just but give however, me, sometimes just give me A to B. Right? And, but then let me there's take a the lot floor, of times take where the I highway. love sitting back and right going, there. wow, you guys are so smart. You guys are so brilliant. And you guys are so genius And how you guys just take us on this big ride. You guys take us on this big ride of epicness, and especially with the way you built Daniel Bryan's brand. But as much as they're geniuses, they also screw up a ton. But anyways, yes. we're getting we're getting off tangent. So I was two out of three. I was two out of three, even though I, I had you gave me two guesses on that. I didn't do too well. I was two out of three. So no, you're still still awesome, dude. Because you know what, Charlotte, um, she is still yeah. Sure, her and Becky, they're they're the top. And then of course uh, they're they're second, third from the from the top. Uh, Ronda Rousey being second with uh, 34 items on her. Uh, on her, on, her uh, on WWE shop.com and then 58 items for Alexa Bliss which includes you can literally buy her jacket for like 250 bucks like it's it's outrageous of the amount of items and, and the amount of merch that she's got going on well she's fantastic from both sides back or front <laughs> she's she's oh Blake Murphy you lucky prick that's all I'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say on that or the or, or, or the new uh, cruiserweight champion, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, you know what? Good for him, though, because you Seriously. know what? He uh, he was stagnant for a long time, and I remember when Blake Murphy broke up in NXT, and then you know you got the uh, you got the second wave, and good on him. I'm glad he. I'm glad they're able to separate them, where they can have this this growing stability on different brands. I think that's what I like the most about this whole WWE universe now is that we're actually getting a universe. You yes. can't call yourselves the WWE universe. You have two shows and pay-per-views. Right. Now you have everything. Now we're starting to see Australia. We're starting to see, you know, we're going back to Saudi Arabia now. We're doing all these things that make sense. Now you can literally say, we are the WWE Universe. That's true. Because we've literally taken over everything that we can. And every three months, every two months, selling out 80,000 people arenas. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, the Super Showdown wasn't great but again branding promotion it's new for australia they've never seen it before exactly it makes sense and then of course you had john cena showing up looking like a junior jbl i don't know what that toupee was about dude but like you horrible, horrible. awesome you had to grow that out for a movie and he came back and everybody was literally like making fun of him like he was Looked like, like jbl <laughs> like there's a meme on facebook where it's like jbl's father John Cena's son. It's true, and then not only that, but the fact that it's like, oh my God, guys, this is your. I've noticed that they've gone on WWE has gone on a slew of crappy T-shirts these days. Um, oh my goodness, starting with I don't even want to say the name, but Bell Evolution, um, and then we get as far as uh, yeah, we get into the new John Cena shirt that is just this thing was like, was that the prototype that you guys did? This you can't stop me. Oh, was that I, like, the... I like how you did that. You segued into the old name, the right? Well done. <laughs> Well, no, well done. MVP move right there. Well done. I actually... Like, is that the prototype? Oh, I get it. <laughs> I actually... I, 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 I realized that after I'd even said it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. He's calling, he's calling out John Cena's original character. Right? Watch out. <laughs> But he, yeah, it was it was great branding power on the on the fact that uh, they were they brought in uh, everybody that have great brands that have had great brands that have great longevity and great matches and great all the above to, to really so sell that event. Let me pose a question to you, male or female aside. Let's since we're talking about the women now here for a split second because we've tangent off a bit. But since we're talking about the women, we're talking about Rousey, Bliss, and Flair. Yeah. In your opinion, as a long-standing wrestling fan and a co-host of this amazing podcast, 
which you can find exclusively on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spreaker, and all over the place. What makes Rousey, Bliss, and Flair so successful? I mean, let's be honest. They're all very easy on the eyes. Even Rousey being a little bit more on the butchy side. Still very good-looking girl. Well put together. We know she can fight. Unfortunately, the wrestling ring is still not her domain. Whether whether you want to say, okay, yeah, she's a champ, but it's still not her 100% domain. She bonks and screws up a lot of stuff all the time. We saw the Nia Jax hip toss that turned out wrong. The arm bar where she was too close to Nia before totally. Bliss checked it. So she's made errors. And that's just the rookie. That's the rookie wall. Like in any sport, you've got the rookie wall. Where you hit it, you make stupid mistakes. Totally. They talk about it in basketball all the time. But what makes Rousey, who's relatively new, we're not even at her first year yet. Yep. What makes somebody like Rousey, because January is when she showed up. So January 19 will be a year, right? Royal yeah. Rumble. So what makes somebody like Rousey, who's literally 11 months in, put put the UFC stuff aside. Put it all aside. What do you? I, I have an answer, but I'll pose the question to you, and I'll throw sure. my answer out after. What do you think makes Rousey so successful? For me, personally, I think it's two things, but I'll give those answers after. What's your, what's your reasoning as to why Rousey is at the top right now? She's at the top because of that same look that she's been given since day one, and I know, I know, I know, you, I know you said leave the UFC stuff out of it, right? But, but you however, can't, unfortunately, you can't. Um, the, oh, the yeah, it's not the fights; it's the fact that she knows how to sell fights. It's the fact that she knows how to get under people's skin. She knows exactly the proper direction to take it in the way that Conor McGregor knows how to take it. It's what happened. We saw with Khabib. It's what we saw with Jose Aldo. It's the fact of taking this bad guy and this mean emotion and omitting that into that person and staring them dead down in the face like you are going to kick the crap out of them. And then by the end of it, with all the, it's it really comes down to, and uh, I know we're not really necessarily, the, the, the we don't really swear a lot on here, but I'm going to have to go ahead and say it, is uh, there's a lot of shit talking that just sells fights. And when you know how to do that, and when you know how to be Alexa Bliss, and you know how to really turn that on, whether you're a character in a play, in a WWE play-like event, or you're actually shit-talking like that in real life. That is the same equivalent to being able to just get people really riled up, emotionally involved. And the same thing that we are seeing with, a, with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. They are selling fights. They know how to sell a fight because they're fighting and they're making people really believe that they're going to go to war the next time they fight. And that's the, the same... So that's the same situation that you see in any of those given scenarios that they just genuinely know how to sell it and make people want to leave, not just buy it in the, from their homes, but they make people want to leave their homes and go to that place just to see that one fight. They'll see all the other ones throughout the night and it'll be but really nice. But that's the one they want to see. But that's the one that they really want to see. For me, it's, um, for me when it comes to Rousey, it's, it's two things. It's the connection to a legend. And yes, that would be another one. And it's the connection to the Legends brand. Totally. Simple. Totally. For me, for me, Rousey sells so hot because it doesn't say, I mean it does, but it says Rowdy. It says Rowdy in the same way it used to say with Rowdy. So a guy can wear that shirt. And if, yo, are you wearing a Ronda Rousey shirt? Yeah. Yep. But I'm also wearing Roddy Piper. And that's what you got to remember is the simple fact that the connection to the legend is what takes it to the next level. Yeah, it says yes. Rowdy, but...
but it's the connection to Rowdy Roddy Piper that gets people to buy it. Men, women, men with children, women with children. I, I want you to buy that shirt because you know what? Even though you like Ronda Rousey, let me tell you the story about the about the guy before the girl. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about the guy that cracked a coconut on Jimmy Snuka's head. Let me tell you about the guy that had somebody blowing smoke in his face and beat the crap out of him. Let me tell you about the guy that stripped gold dust half naked during WrestleMania 12. Right. Let me tell you about the guy that made it badass to wear a kilt. <laughs> Let me tell you about Roddy Roddy Piper. And when they know the connection that goes on with him, when they know that he has a legitimate connection with her and she has a legitimate connection with him, and that it's not just somebody that's coming in and saying like, oh, I'm a wrestling fan, when they're really not, when they really have no, never she watched right, it. Before. She did the right thing. She reached out to him when he was still alive. May, yeah. may he rest in peace, by the way. She did. She reached out to him and said, listen, I, can, I, can I use it? And he gave it to her. And when she showed up yeah. at, at Royal Rumble last year, she reached out to his son and said, no, can I... Do you have your dad's jacket? Yeah. Like, to me, when I when I saw her come out in, in Rowdy's jacket, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to let it unfold. And also, I do want to say, her promo on Nikki Bella this past Monday, all hail the producer who came up with that one-liner. <laughs> all hail the producer who came up with that one-liner. Because I guarantee you, if she wasn't shelling shirts before that one-liner... She sold about 150 like right after that, right, right after that. that, right after that one-liner. The only door right. you know how to open is the one to John Cena's bedroom. Oh my God, yes. Yep. Somebody finally said it. Nikki Bella, you're a whore. I remember I just smirked and just started just shaking my head up and down. I was just, oh my goodness, this is just so fantastic. She, she should have just, literally, she should have just dropped the mic and walked out the ring, walked up to the ramp, stared her down and walked by her. Because Nikki Bella wasn't going to do nothing. Yeah, and it solidified the fact that she knows how to talk. That for a lot of people that were myself, that was a skeptic of just like, I don't know if this is really going to work out. That that solidified it for me of like, not that Ronda Rousey needed my my approval to be good or bad at a promo, but the fact that like, it really did solidify that like, your brand is growing. You want to grow. You I will give, I will give, be I will give, I will give Rousey credit though, because I think a promo partner is just as good as a dance partner. And I will say this, as much as I can't stand Nikki Bella in the ring, she can talk. She's been a talker, a decent talker for quite some time. She's not top five in any in anybody's list, but she's not bad at promos. So therefore, her elevating Rousey yeah. made Rousey elevate. So I will give Bella credit to that way, but still. You got called out for being a hoe. So that's just great. And there you go. There's another prime example of it, of the fact that you see the difference between Nikki and Brie Bella. How you see who gets the more mic time. Who gets more TV time? You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily who gets more of it, because they do on Total Bellas and stuff like that, but I'm talking about who, and, and when you think about, you know, Divas Champion and who was the one that was kind of running a little bit undercard of all of it, and the fact that not being so so good at being able to talk. Brie mode, yeah, yeah. not so digestible. Yeah, you know Brie I mean? like is the better stuff. wrestler, but Nikki is better on the mic. And had much more of a better brand going for her. The fearless Nikki Bella. And you know, those. it was this kind of branding that I noticed that was going on around her that I really started noticing it was elevating her above Brie. That it wasn't the fact that it was like any one of them was better than the other. It was just the branding power and everything that was going into the hats, 
into the you know the all the all the stuff that was really just going on the with fearless, the fearless Nikki the Bella, fearless booty and, shorts, yeah, yeah, you're and, right, and you're all right. that stuff. So you're yeah, right. I just started kind of noticing all that stuff with between the two of them. All right, um, so let's get past the ladies now for a second. You want to go to the dudes? Let's talk the dudes, and specifically, oh my goodness, let's get into your boy. Let's get into to, to the AJ Styles. Um, I got a lot of boys though. I mean, let's be honest. I got a lot of bromances brewing these days. Oh, the, you're the, the the this is uh this is a good day to be an AJ Styles fan, my my brother. Because huh. uh, this is the house that AJ Styles built. He has seventy two items on uh, the WWE shop website. Like this thing is absolutely incredible. Of every single thing that he. He's got going for him of all the shirts the gloves. that he's got going the gloves to oh my goodness uh everybody's got the the wrestlemania 34 signed pictures but particularly um can you not buy his vest hoodie his hoodie vest too as well i think you can buy that for a couple hundred bucks uh yes i believe you can actually i'm flipping to that right now that's the one i was looking for um yeah, for those of you who don't can't see what we're doing right now, just flipping through the website pages because really got interested in looking up. Uh, it's been a, been a few years since I had the opportunity to really look up a lot of these specs, and um, it was truly fascinating to see why AJ Styles had not only been uh, the the long term champion that he was when he first came into the company, but how they um, have continued to elevate him and keep him champion for as long as they've kept him on his second run. And uh, it really got me to thinking of just like the P1 logo and just everything about his branding power, just how much he's been managing to do that ever since he turned that over in TNA and how he's been selling that P1 shirt, that P1 logo shirt like hotcakes, no matter what color you have it in, it doesn't matter. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it, that, that's probably the coolest logo that anybody's got going on in, within the company. Well, I have the first shirt. Like I bought the first shirt. I was actually, I actually got a chance to go to Roadblock couple years ago when I was in Rico Coliseum and I bought the first shirt that night yeah and that shirt even though he wasn't on the card that shirt was almost sold out when I went to the guy I was like dude do you have any double x's left he's like I got two left I came here with 160 yeah and I remember you told me that the night after and was like wow this guy is selling it, may, it, it wasn't even on the card my head that's exactly what I was thinking after he you wasn't told even me that. in the was arena like, that's insane that but he had two double x's so left hard like, he came with 160 quickly. and he had two double x's left he yeah. still had a crap ton of larges and mediums, but he only had two double X's. Yeah. Left. And it was crazy. I couldn't believe it. But then again, also, it's like I sit here and it's like, oh, I can't believe it. It's like, why would you be considering the fact that, like, they literally had reaction videos. There's not many Royal Rumbles that you can look at of somebody who's debuting in the Royal Rumble. That there's literally, like, that many, cra- the, the most ultimate reactions that you've ever seen from people that are that excited because they were hoping that AJ Styles, well, they we didn't watching, expect that We AJ were watching Styles it at my house that night, and when the music hit, I almost jumped off my freaking chair. I was like, shut up, he's here? Yeah. Because we knew nothing about it. Yeah. We knew nothing about nothing. it. And he showed up, and when I, when I, when I saw the, when I, I heard the music, I'm like, who's, who's, who is this? Who is this music? And then he came up, and then the, I saw a phenomenal flash across the screen. I'm like, shut I remember I looked. I looked at my wife and I was like, "Shut the fuck up." And there you go. That's how. That's how amazing that guy's brand is. And he came out with the shirt, and I said, "I want that shirt." Yeah. (laughs) All you had to do was literally, and everybody still talks about it. Even Styles still talks about it, or the way that they 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 introed him. That they kept him totally hid. His whole intro is that he's hidden underneath his hoodie and everything like that. But all you had to see was. I am phenomenal, and it was that brand that literally like just made people jump out of their seats because they're so excited to see this product and this person. Well, and a, and a guy that went to Rumble, right now. For, you, you introduced the guy at Rumble, he lasts 23 minutes, and then right away you put him in a promo with Jericho, goes all the way to WrestleMania with it. Yeah. And it was just, it was just wow. It was just amazing. Why do yep. AJ, those shirts sold like hotcakes do for the five minutes they were tag team? Once again, taking 
so taking these two brands, putting them together and just creating this amazing shirt that everybody, like if you have one of those, Jesus, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, no, it was, it, it just increased and got better. The click shirts or the club shirts and everything else that, that they did. Like every time that Styles has found a way to brand himself, he's branded it very well. And I'm not taking, I'm not giving all the credit to Styles. I'm giving credit to the marketing department because let's be honest, WWE has literally hands down probably the best marketing department on the planet next to UFC. Agreed. And it doesn't it doesn't matter what you think of the product. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Yes, TV ratings matter because mm -hmm. they get money from advertisers. But what matters even more is the fact that they have the network. They have everything else going for them now. They are literally a global no, correction. They are a universal brand. Exactly. And it's 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 becoming to the point now where when Vince does finally give up the throne, Stephanie and Triple H have not much more to conquer. It's almost like taking over the world, but it's already been taken over. Yeah. It's just like, here, here's Rome. Don't fall. Right. <laughs> so, you know. So, no, who, else, I, who I, else we got? On, uh, you got AJ at one. You got, let me guess. You got Roman at two. Of course. Because Roman throw... is just the guy. He's the man. He's the, he's the He is the big dog. Because, like, man, all of his stuff that he sells out of, particularly uh, his vests, particularly, go literally right down to his vests. Of, they sell everything on this guy. Right underneath AJ the Styles. Michael, the Michael Jordan Spider-Man vest sells well? Yep. Oh, yeah. They sell it in bundles, dude. They sell it literally in a t-shirt. They sell it in, uh, um, uh, I believe it's an autographed uh, picture, as well as you get the vest. As well, and What's they sell that go it for, for three hundred bucks US. A uh, hundred, uh, it's like really? like ninety hundred bucks, something like that. Like, That's they, actually they, not bad. Yeah, they bundle. They, they they do these incredible things with what I've noticed. Um, you know what? Let's the, the fact that like we could talk about you know Roman Reigns brand, and we could talk about uh, AJ Styles brand. We can even talk about Seth Rollins's brand and uh, Dean Ambrose's brand. And, I have a Monday Night know, Rollins shirt. Okay, I right? love that shirt. And how? Oh my goodness! And how the fact that uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are pretty much neck and neck when it comes to how much they're selling, the amount of merch that they're selling, the ticket sales that they're selling out of. But the fact that not neck and neck when it comes to um, the main event, obviously, and the fact that you have your Universal Champion and your Intercontinental Champion. But however, they're still in the big talk, so they they are obviously uh, Roman Reigns is the bigger part, is the biggest part of the house. And if you're in if you're in the main event with Roman Reigns, then it's basically the same as the way that it was when you were in the main event with John Cena or Hulk Hogan and you know any of these guys that were big you know time what, guys. Though, you know what you know what is interesting for me is that when you're when you're looking at a shirt to buy and you're looking at what to invest in. Yes. For me, uh, AJ Styles shirts I find mm -hmm. after a wash or two, they really do fit tight. But Seth Rollins shirts, I have two of them. They're very breathable. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the material. I'm yeah. not trying to. I'm not trying to turn this into a fashion podcast now. Oh, dude, yeah, but absolutely. I look when I'm I myself when I'm buying shirt. Like even I have I have a Kevin Owens shirt. When I'm buying shirts, I really look at the the fabric, and if they're cotton, I tend to stay away. Whereas if they're or sorry, correction, if they're polyester, I tend to stay away because I want that cotton because the cotton is really breathable. Yeah, but I find the polyester <clears throat> gets really tight. No, to I the agree. point where my gut looks like I'm pregnant. <laughs> it does no it does i don't i don't care i don't care if it's funny but i mean if you're if you're looking at what to buy on wwe i really do look at the the shirt and how breathable yeah. it is because some shirts i know after two washes or three washes even if i buy a triple x that thing's going to shrink to a large mm -hmm. and then i'm going to look like i'm that guy trying too hard <laughs> and then also and then also i look at it as uh and then this is good this is just coming from uh from band world and coming from actually uh being in some of the some of the presses actually getting shirts made 
And some of the times, if you have a lot of color going on your shirt, or if you have a big brand that's that, that's really covering it, like massively covering the shirt, that's why if you notice, every single one of the newer shirts that they're coming out with, it's really easy. They're really simple. They're really easy to just make a, okay, we have uh, this many shirts that we need to make for Brothers of Destruction. Okay, so we need to pump out, uh, we need to pump out a million of those. Okay, so we need a, a, a million of these, and we need a million of those. And, uh, it, and, and it's, it's that much easier to be able to, to delegate that within an, a quick brand and to be able well, to put even, that within, back a, in the day, a, right? within a cotton shirt. Right, even back in the day, like 316 was literally three with two dots. Exactly. If you're a rustic fan, you knew what it meant. Simple. DX was the, the, the faded out uh, sound vibration yep. DNX, right? Simple. Like Or degeneration right across the front. Like there wasn't anything now. NWO, simple. Simple, but a lot of shirts now though, like you look at, speaking of, of Roman, your boy, he's got the big dog shirt. Yeah, big dog, and it's in red. But then he's got the dog inside. Then he's got writing Congress, around the it. whole thing. Oh, like sure. you literally look and at, and even it. Roman Empire. Yeah, it's like, dude, you know what, man? A couple washes. That shirt's gonna just be a black T-shirt because the shit's, shit's gonna fall off or fade off. Those Me, are gonna be the heavier shirts because it's that's be, why. Because they be have simple. bigger brands that are being covered literally all over the shirt. And then yeah, say like I have the AJ Styles shirt. You've got it on the front and the back. Yeah, like front and back. Like but my run, but my Monday Night Rollins shirt is literally just Monday Night Rollins. If I'm walking, if you're walking behind me. I look like I'm wearing a black t-shirt. Yep. You don't see it until you get to the front and you go, that's a cool shirt. I know it's a cool shirt. That's why I bought it, stupid. That's why <laughs> and, I bought it. And quite frankly, um, if you're smart uh, the, and, and knowing that that's just going to be a one-off interim shirt, whatever the case may be, you'll know the fact that um, making it that, that simple is just way more cost efficient and then you make way more money on the on the turnaround when you go around right. and you turn those then you're making a ton of money off of them yeah because but, what takes 10 minutes to press this guy's shirt over here i can press five shirts in 10 minutes exactly this guy over here exactly you yeah. can take that new heartbreak kid shirt and you could press like 15 of them in the time that you're printing one of roman yeah, reigns totally simple right exactly totally simple um and then, yeah, that's that's pretty much the same to be said for guys like on alumni of like you know John Cena. You can call him alumni now because he's not really wrestling. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is still selling like hotcakes. He is the basically just to give people an idea. Just wanted to give people a fun fact, not go to not go in depth with Steve Austin, which is the point that uh, Steve is basically uh, selling the equivalent now in merch of what Roman Reigns' merch is on on websiteage. Of selling the equivalent of not necessarily, I don't know if it's the, the, the obviously the, the numbers wouldn't be nearly the same, but has that amount to sell within the website. Well, what's the saying, right? Legends never die. Exactly. Legends never die. So I'm sure if you put the Have a Nice Day shirt back on the on the website, it would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, and that's the point is that all the other legends, they all have like maybe one, maybe like two, maybe you go on their sites and you see the, maybe like one or two shirts. Stone Cold Steve Austin has literally like all of the same branding as what every top person in the company has. It's amazing. Well, he is the man that single-handedly saved WWE. Without Stone Cold Steve Austin there, in my opinion, there was a lot of other great things during the Attitude Era, but Stone Cold was everything. Exactly. Stone and Cold unfortunately, got his, his career cut very, 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 very short. So, I, so that's why I really imagine that they really kind of wanted to tip that cap to Steve Austin of just like, dude, you really, you, you saved our entire company. <laughs> hey, but he did the condemned. He's doing all right. Yep. <laughs> and I just saw him cut that promo on Santino Morella about the condemned last night. And I, I, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh man, I should go back and check that movie. It was actually pretty badass. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was, it was actually a pretty decent movie. It really was. You had Vinnie Jones in it. You had a lot of, you had a lot of decent, there was a decent cast in that one for sure. Right. 
So I guess that's pretty much WWE wise, right? Men well, and women. That's everyone when it can when you consider those kinds of now you get the dude really. It's just to get the idea of just like that's why they keep these people at the top is because everything about all of their branding when it comes to their their actual brand itself to the brand of the product and the wrestling and all that promo and all that stuff. That's why they're on top and that's why you keep seeing their damn faces over and over and over again. And they're not going to be going away for a while, so you may as well give that one up seriously. What about, um, what about, like, you got other brands, right? You got guys like the Bullet Club and stuff. So what about, like, you got Marty Scroll, Cody, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and then you got Chris Jericho. So what about, you get into Bullet Club stuff, minus Jericho, but you yeah. get into Bullet Club stuff. And even he's in, you can almost count, count him in on this, too, because you, of the fact could, of him yeah. having the Alpha Omega shirt. But continue. Yeah. But you, you have all these guys. Like, I know Scroll is, like, literally the hottest thing right now. In terms of merch, I know everything he's doing is just fantastic. Yeah, from his intro to the the Bullet Club Villains Club thing that he's got going on, all yeah, that being stuff. Yeah, on be, being the elite, all of them being on being the elite. Yeah, yeah, and then you got Co- you got Cody, who like I mean, they sell his shirt at Hot Topic. Like it's it's a it's a great shirt. Yeah, it's all of them. They sell the Bullet Club shirts in Hot Topic. It's crazy. Yeah, Young Bucks and then Kenny Omega. Like I mean, you can go on and on and on with these guys, but why why are why are these the top five indie wise? What makes these guys so much more stronger? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I get it. Kenny, Cody, uh, all in, enough said. Chris Jericho, Kenny, Alpha versus Omega, I get it. All in again. Marty Scroll, Young Bucks, I get it. There's, there's branding there. These guys know how to wrestle. They know how to cut promos. They're doing everything. But really, if you're, if you're, if you're, um, unless you have your WWE blinders on like most people in the world do, you don't know who these guys are. So, what is making these guys stand out to where somebody will go into, like, somebody who's a WWE fan only will go into a Hot Topic and see Marty Scroll's shirt and be like, yo, that's a sick shirt. I want that. They may actually gain a fan just off of that shirt because mm-hmm. the person's going to be like, I, don't need, I, I want the shirt, but now i got to Google who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And then i got to go back and i got to stream his matches because my parents are too cheap to buy, you know, Fight. And I can't get it all on Fight. Yeah, damn right, right you do because they screwed you out of that. Yeah. So, what makes these guys have the staying power that they do good question because you can see their shirts in almost every single wwe arena on television because of the fact that you can see their shirts everywhere touchdown stuff that's where i was going i was literally yeah. going with that you literally can go you can watch monday night raw you can watch a damn pay-per-view you can watch an nxt house show and i guarantee you i'll bet you twenty thousand dollars you'll at least see 40 to 50 percent of that audience with shirts that are not WWE. Maybe they went in there and they bought a WWE shirt, but that day they rocked their wrestling shirt. On SmackDown, I saw a whole roll, a whole row. Correct. Of Marty Scroll shirts. Correct. Dead freaking center. <laughs> Dead center. That's how after I know their brand is. For, for the, a second there, the I thought WWE signed him. I was Googling yesterday. I was like, a lot of people wearing these shirts. Did, do I did I miss something here? Scroll. I'm like, scroll coming to WWE. I'm searching it. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. But literally a whole damn row, center screen, right behind the stupid dance break. As Vince McMahon's dancing like an idiot. Cool, stupid. You just promoed somebody else. Yep. There's the Bullet Club shirts everywhere. And and the best part is, I love the fact that they didn't steer away from that brand. That every single one of them, it's all in the same. Their their brands are on the Bullet Club or in the Bullet Club writing on their shirts. That every single one of them, so it solidifies that we're a group. 
We're dominant, we're taking over the world, and we're taking over the world of wrestling as you know it. And whether you want to know us or not, you're gonna find out about us. I promise you. And that's what they've been doing every single step of the way. Especially with looking at the concepts of just creating Young Bucks, Young Bucks, Young Bucks, Young Bucks. Creating YoungBucksMerch.com. Putting their family's photo on the front of their website when you when you first show up. So the very first thing you see is them sitting with their families. And they're sitting with their family and a caption over top going, Please support our website so we can support our families. And that's the point of literally all and of And also the shirts are all of better quality made and they're 10 to 15% cheaper. Yes. Than WWE.com. That's true. So you want to be a wrestling fan. You don't have to invest into WWE heroes if you don't want to. Yeah. You can invest in these guys. Look at, look at, we went to the Destiny House show. I bought the OBE shirt. Never even really knew much about these guys till I saw them. Saw them, loved the stuff they were doing, loved their aggression, loved their attitude, loved the stuff they were spewing in the ring. Yeah. Loved the whole thing. Loved went it. Went over to them, shook their hands, took a picture, 20 bucks later, bought a shirt. And they were the only ones smart enough that night that brought Triple X. Right? <laughs> For the big boys. But you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's simple, it's simple little, like, little things like that. But the fact is, is that Marty Scroll must have had a couple of dozen orders last night. Had to have. Had to have. Because literally, there was a whole row of just Marty Scroll shirts. Villain Club shirts. Right there. Right? Right there. But here's my major question. And I'll throw this out and then we're going to wrap this up. But who do you think sells more? If, if, if you had a choice right now, who out of these independent guys, who's the top? I know you know the number because you did the research, but pretend you don't know the number. If I, if you're a wrestling fan looking at these guys on your TV, bro, who is the guy? Who's the guy that you're thinking that dude's making the most? Cody. Cody. Really? A hundred and fifty thousand percent. NWA I champion. Wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. I was, I was really, ex- I was really expecting you to go. I was really expecting you to go with 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 Kenny. With Kenny. I yeah, really and was, I, and I wanted to because of him being the IWGP champion. Coming out, I we're really crushing it. IWGP champion bringing the U.S. brand to Japan, and the same thing with Cody bringing the U.S. brand to Japan with becoming the U.S. champion and beating Juice Robinson. But however, him becoming the NWA champion and thus, de- de- thus definitively becoming the that champion that is bringing the NWA only back father around. son champion only father yeah. son tandem to ever hold the belt together by the way it's bringing around conversations about that title that people have not had in a very long time that people who don't know anything about that title who have literally looked at it and go 10 pounds of gold what does that mean and then they and now they're coming out with the 10 pounds of gold now with uh, with, uh, with with Billy Corgan um, with Smashing Pumpkins now with him at the helm of NWA and with the creation of uh, with the with him being on the branding power of uh, NWA with the the ten pounds of gold shows and really showing off that title for what it is and being and being able to cut promos within that show that really shows off that title of how pristine that title really is and what it truly meant when Dusty Rhodes held it when Ric Flair held it when it went around to the different portions of the parts of the world and how he's creating that within that brand of what the what it used to be to be special to see that title defended just in that vicinity of that very small window of you're only seeing this every now and again of this title defense and if you're lucky enough to see it you're amazing because you'll that's it's once in a lifetime um, and it's these kinds of conversations and it's this kind of branding power that Cody is really doing with himself of elevating himself not within New Japan not just within Ring of Honor not just within over here in NWA they're all doing it 
but it's going off of the backs of um, of, of of what Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and uh, Marty Skrull and all of that created. But now Cody is just taking that to another. He's riding that and taking it to another level. So if you could round these guys out in a, in a five, because you've listed you've listed five here. So yes. You got Cody one. You're gonna put Kenny two or Marty two. Um, I would put Kenny two, and then I would put Marty. Marty three. And I, I, no, sorry. I would put. I, I would put. Um, I, I would put uh, Cody, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Marty Skrull. And then Jericho rounding out the fifth. And then Jericho rounding out the fifth. See, I see it differently. I, I would put, I, I, me personally, maybe it's just because I, I find myself more driven to scroll. I just, I love everything about the guy. I got to say, I got to go with, I mean, I'll, I'll go with Cody because the way you explained it just now, you, you made me buy it. I want to go out and buy a shirt now. Feel bad for the guy. So, hey, American Nightmare, man. He's <laughs> killing it. Let me so, tell you. So Cody, I'm going to go Cody, Marty, Kenny, Bucks, Jericho. That's the way I see it. Right on. Maybe then, I'm wrong, and but that's then, the way I see it. And then I'm just going to finish with this. I want to give him even a definitive answer of like, you know what? This is number one. But truth be told, there really isn't a number one. It's just basically all of them. It's literally all of them creating this thing. And we saw it very specially with All In of how special that night was and why it was so genuine to, to present Cody with the title that night and everything that Nick Aldis went through to be the guy, and people forget about that too, of how he's the guy that literally elevated his brand even more by being the guy in that conversation to present Cody with the title and giving him that win that night, um, presenting him with that win that night. Um, I, I look at all of them and how special of what they're doing, what they are creating right now in an era of what people don't even realize that we're in right now because it's happening. It's not a thing that people, it's a thing that people a lot of years from now are going to look back on this era and they're going to see how special this was and they're going to see how this this generation changed that generation of gentlemen are changing the entire game of what wrestling is and i promise you you're going to be seeing those gentlemen show up on wwe tv and it won't be them under contract with wwe it's because of their changing of the guard of what they have done to go within all of these different companies and not be restricted to only staying with the one of them it's a, it's a consummate presentation that I'm absolutely astounded by of what I've been watching with these gentlemen. And I think they have absolutely gone another mile, another length, and brought us into a whole new era of what we're watching in professional wrestling right now. I couldn't have said it better myself. So to conclude it, I mean, the house always wins, right? The house always wins, my brother. <laughs> All right, so that's it for 59. It's in the can. It's done. It's complete. See you later. No, I'm joking. We're not just going to wrap it up like that. So that's it for 59. This was the house... Credit to you, sir, for all the research that you did. It was absolutely fantastic. Next week for 60, we got characters who were too ahead of their time. Characters who were in certain eras. We're going to pick out a select few that we've chosen that maybe, if they were in a different era, would have worked better. Absolutely. But the era that they fell in, they fell flat. Yep. And it sucks. Because I look back, and some of the characters we're going to bring up to you, man, they're going to be juicy. They're going to be characters you've forgotten about completely because you were so fixated on the other characters that were in and around in that time. Yep. And then for 61, what did we discuss on that one? I'm drawing a blank now. We are going to be discussing wrestlers and mental health. That's right. That's a big one. Steve brought up a great concept, a great idea, which is amazing. And I think that's something that we do need to discuss. We need to discuss the grind of the road, the grind of the 300-plus day schedule that a lot of these guys go through. And uh, the tolls it takes on their mental state, tolls it takes on their physical state, 
and the toll it takes on their relationships with family and friends. Absolutely. Because they really don't get to, and a lot, a lot of cases, especially if they're an international star, like say a Paige or a Pete Dunne, they're further away from their families than the guys who are in the U.S. Like yep. AJ Styles can go to Georgia, Kevin Owens can go back to you know Orlando, and we want to talk about how a lot of these, a lot of these people now, a lot of these wrestlers and superstars now are coping with being away. Mm-hmm. And are they dipping into the 80s style stuff? Mm-hmm. Or are they staying strong by with the fact that communication is at its highest point? Yeah. You miss your family, you can see them on a screen. So there is there is a lot of differences in from what before. Whereas before, you can only pick up the phone. Right. In some dive bar in the middle of uh, Georgia. I don't know why Georgia just popped into my head. but You just literally have to pick up a pay phone and call home and hope for the best. And... And, and maybe they're there. And maybe they're there. But now you can text your wife, you can text your son or your daughter and say, hey, listen, I'm going to call you guys. Yeah, you can FaceTime them. I'm going to call you guys at o'clock tonight. So it makes it make sure you have your phone ready to go. You and can then, FaceTime and you can see them. So that, that, yeah. that definitely probably helps nowadays with the mental state, but there still is a lot. So we're going to discuss that. And then just a minor flip point of how some of them just very simply choose to actually stay in. They, some of them who want to go home, they choose to stay because they don't know another way of living. And we'll get very in-depth into that. It's going to be a very interesting conversation. And we're also going to be and locking it down, still in the works of locking it down. But we're going to be having a very special guest on that show as well. So stay tuned for that one, guys. Those are the next two weeks coming up. And don't forget to check all our episodes, new and old, on all our platforms, which you will hear at the end of the show. And let's let Mick Foley and George the Iceman remind you who you're listening to before we go for today. So as always, guys, I'm your host with the most, George McKay. I'm Steve the Animal Mitchell, everyone. And that's it for episode 59 of Straight Talk Wrestling. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley. And although I've never listened to Straight Talk Wrestling, I think you should. Have a nice day. Hey, this is George the Iceman president of destiny world wrestling and you're listening to straight talk wrestling thank you all so much for tuning in catch us every wednesday at 7 30 on spreaker stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, itunes and google play music also be sure to follow us on our social media platforms facebook and instagram at straight talk wrestling and twitter at underscore straight talk With the sub of the day at Subway restaurants, you can get a different six-inch sandwich for just $4.39 or foot-long for just $7.89 every day. But it's not just a good deal, it's a good deed. Now through April 28th, for every 10 sub of the day purchases, Subway restaurants will donate one meal to a local food bank network, Feed Ontario. Our goal is 150,000 meals. So make it what you want and make something great happen for someone else. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 33 cents.